Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Subject to Change with your host, myself, Jordan McCabe. And today we got Andre Drummond on the pod. We're going to talk a little bit about life in Cleveland, making music with Riff Raff, and you're going to learn something pretty damn crazy about Dre in college. So let's do it. Quarantine, man. How's it been? Quarantine has been boring, man. Boring as usual. I mean, nobody really can do anything, but you know, I have my own private gym, so I was able to still work out and keep myself in shape. But other than that, it's just... You got your own court and weight room? Yeah. So you've been being able to, you know, go after it every single day? Yeah, I try to go at least two, three times a week, get some work in, do something. Got you, got you. How about... But I don't uh, want to kill myself too much. Obviously, we're not playing, so... Yeah. I just, uh, just trying to keep myself in shape until it's time to play again. Yeah, so you're in a long off-season right now? Yep. You're just kind of taking care of the body, getting ready Correct. for the next push and everything. Yeah, man, this thing is crazy, man. This whole this whole virus thing is like f-ing everything up. Excuse my friend, but it's good. They'll fix it later. Don't let it roll. The virus thing is messing everything up, man. So, you know, hopefully things open up soon and we get a chance to at least, you know, get some games and, you know, talk about my team, especially. So, hopefully something works out in our favor. Yeah, hopefully everybody, you know, continues to wear a mask and stop freaking out at grocery stores and, you know, just do the job, <laughs> you know, so we can get back to hooping and, and sports and everybody can be safe. But How's it been for you? I mean, you're going through it as well, too. Yeah, no, it, it's been good. I mean, we've uh, we've traveled, you know, me and my girl kind of have traveled quite a bit. I went back to Wisconsin. That's where I'm from. Yeah, for sure. uh, and Big 12 tournament hit and they were like, all right, y'all got a week. And we're like, okay, they're like, be back on Sunday. You can go home. No, this stuff is crazy because we got sent home from Kansas City. Yeah. And we got back. Um, and and they're like, yeah, you got a week to go home. That week turned into three months. Uh, <laughs> everything got canceled. We went down to Florida. Uh, and to be honest, I've been, you know, focusing on my stuff on court, you know, getting in, in the gym and stuff, uh, you know, consistently finding whatever I can. But sure. been trying to push a lot of off the court stuff, bro. I've been yeah. This is dope. This is dope for you. You do, you do really good too. I got a chance to watch some of the stuff on your page too. You're really you're really good at it. I uh, appreciate that, man. That means a lot. You know, I I figure I'm sitting doing all. It was during all these car rides. I'm doing listening to all these podcasts, man. I'm like, uh, I feel like I can sit in front of. I've been on the other side of the camera enough. Let me try to check yeah, you out, bro. But for sure. Stuff with uh, I see a lot of stuff on on your socials too. The 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 quarantine uh, stuff you got. Yeah, the so IGTV videos more than an hour long. <laughs> yeah, so my, my my radio show is dope, man. It's like kind of like a podcast. Obviously, what I do. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I I, t- I took a little bit from Tory Lanez what he was doing with his quarantine radio thing. Like I saw, I thought it was a really good idea, but the twist I put on it, I made it about the people. I didn't make it about me. I made it more about like people who have real talents that don't get a chance to be showcased on people like myself's platform, and I gave. I gave so many people chances to showcase themselves, and they actually were really, really dope. Went from anywhere from singers to painters to guitarists to yeah, DJs. I had DJ battles. I saw uh, they, that one. Yeah, so I, I have so many, so many things going on, and it became like a big thing. And then the sponsorship started coming in, so I had to start taking it more seriously. I had to start getting more. I started getting more gear, like ring lights, the stands, and right. my best friend's a, a TV producer, so he came in and like flipped the whole thing around and made it look really professional, and. You know, it's just been great. Obviously, we're done now because things have opened up a little bit more in the city, so they want to slow down a little bit. But it looks like it's about to shut down again, so I'll probably start back up again. Yeah, that, that, no, it's dope. I've uh, I, I got a chance to watch through some of those. It's funny that you said you bought a 
bought a ring light. I'm still using my girlfriend. She does the Instagram stuff, so she got a ring light. So I just take that when I need. Yeah, there's it. like there's like six in my house. It's disgusting. I feel like I live in a college dorm with a bunch of females. Like it's it's gross. Uh, <laughs> Dre's taking selfies on a daily basis. Stop. Yeah, my, my selfie game is going crazy though because of the ring light though. So I definitely you know thanks to the ring light. <laughs> That's funny, bro. What's the what was the craziest thing that you had on uh, on quarantine with Dre? On the show, damn DQR. Oh, I don't. Oh no, we had so many, so many wild things happen. We want like something funny or like something cool. Give me both. All right, so something funny. Um, what were, what were we doing? I think we were just bringing in callers and that dude that was doing the thing with his lips. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so one, so one episode I was just. Uh, I think it may have been, it may have been ladies' night or maybe it's been. A, yeah, it was ladies' night. It was ladies' night. So ladies' night, my uh, DJ Drewski, he'll like spend. You know, for the ladies for an hour, just play all R&B, let them come and take requests and stuff like that. That's exactly what happened. So I was taking a request, and we just happened to push on somebody's page that had, like, a girl's icon. So we push it, not thinking that it's going to be a dude. So we push it, and the dude pops up on the camera, and, like, I got to find the video. Like, the way I'm explaining it won't make any sense, but long story short, he came on the camera and, like, had this crazy face. And if you look at everybody's reaction around the room, like, you couldn't help but laugh. Like <laughs> this, is the, this is the ladies' night episode. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. and I'm gonna DM it to you. Yeah, I'll find dude, I'll find dude, it after I show you. But, but yeah, so he came on and did. But he intentionally does that to celebrities though. So he has like a, a really good looking girl as his icon. You don't, and it's a girl's name. Right. So you're not gonna think twice. Like all right, maybe. It's, it's so yeah, so I, I press the name and he like intentionally makes funny faces and like right. like trolls like celebrities like if you look at this page he has like Tory Lanez on there he has Megan Thee Stallion like he has a whole bunch of people on this page that he's done it to or he gets on their lives yeah he gets on their lives and does that so it's like something he naturally does all the time so it was it was super funny super funny I didn't take any offense to him I got the guys thought it was funny too oh that's hilarious I think the coolest episode we had we had so many good well, who's episodes. Like the most talented like person that you saw or one of them I think our I think our DJ battle days are really good because like I started DJing before I started making music. We'll get into that later. I started DJing first, so our Mondays are like usually start the week off like with good energy, just old fashioned competition. So DJ Drewski's faced maybe four or five or six DJs, and just hearing the talents of different DJs compared to my DJ, just hearing different sounds and the way they mix their stuff, that's just super dope for me talent wise. I've had live singers come on the show. I had a guitarist on the show one day. Uh, comedians came on the show at a comedy day. So, like, every day is always something different. So there's no real, like, like favorite day for me. Yeah, I I, I didn't – I watched uh, – which ones did I watch? Uh, I watched the DJ battle. I watched uh, part of uh, – I did watch part of Ladies Night. I didn't get to that that one uh, part. But um, the comedian one, I got to go back and watch. Did you guys yeah, have some – Yeah, the stand-up stand ones are really funny. I think, I think the artist – the artist day, too, is really, really good, too, that we have. That we bring in like unsigned artists that play like unreal. I even had signed artists. I mean, I had all kind of people. I had PNB rap on my show. I had um, I had Safari. I had Torian Prince come on the show. Aaron Gordon was on the show. Yeah. Um, Javale McGee showed up to the show. Did trivia day with me. Like, so I've I've had a lot of big names come on to the show. Big names. And this is something that you did. You just started. You know. Just yeah. I mean, so I, it was just something positive. I had nothing to do with myself. I was working out and I was driving myself mad. Like I can't. I would work out in the morning, come home, and have nothing to do because right. can't. I can't go to a restaurant, and have a drink, or go eat. Right. I'm just sitting in the house, like going stir crazy. And I just woke up one day and I was watching one of Tori's lives, 
I'm like, damn, I could do something like this too, but like put a whole different spin on it to where it's not related to what he's doing, but yep. you know, he still gets his credit for something he started. Right. And you know, when I did it, you know, I, I didn't think much of it. The first episode didn't really do that well, but I was like, you know, I'm gonna really plan this out. So I started like, my notes are like full to like endless of how many ideas I have on different shows. And I started taking it serious and the numbers started climbing like day yeah. by day. And mind you, I'm doing I'm doing this six days a week. Fridays are my day off. Yeah. So to have my numbers grow that much in that short period of time was really cool for me. I ended up loving it. And yeah. I kept doing it. Have you have you seen uh have you seen like an uptick with like your fans and engagement on uh on on socials where people are like liking yeah, that? People miss it. People oh. people keep asking me like why why haven't I done this show lately? Um, but you know, due to the higher ups, they they wanted me to to slow down for a little bit because the public is starting to open up, and they didn't want to invest too much time in that until things die down a little bit more. Okay, so they they, they don't want you still pushing that right now. And then... yeah, I mean, as of right now, because obviously I'm starting to play more. There's more you can actually go to restaurants to eat now, so people aren't staring at their phones all day anymore. Like right. if you look at the you look at the numbers, analytics, like the numbers are a lot are down a lot more because people are able to go to beaches and go to yeah. restaurants and do things like that. So yeah, man, it made sense to me to want to slow down right now because at the end of the day people have short attention spans when there's more things going on they're gonna want to leave and do it oh yeah yeah for sure i mean you regardless, you, if, they, regardless if they like it or not like your favorite tv show could be on and you know somebody says let's go get something to eat you're gonna get up and leave like, i can watch that later yep yeah it's all it's all based on i mean everything with with socials people some people get bent out of shape about you know putting and investing time in but it is it's like an investment and you got to watch where the trends are going like you said People had nothing but time. So, I mean, jumping on something like that, I thought that was really dope scrolling through and watching some of those. But I'm, I'm yeah. interested to see where it goes. Yeah, which is, which is why I really enjoy being on TikTok as well, too. Because, um, you know, just the fan engagement there, too, I got to bring a whole different crowd from there to my page, too, that brought a whole new stream of people to watch my page. Like, my, my views on everything has gone up drastically just from making videos on TikTok. Some people even, doesn't even know who I am. They think I'm like some TikTok star, which is even funnier <laughs> for me. Because <laughs> like oh, all my videos go viral on TikTok and half these people are like, yo, is this guy an NBA player? Like, what the hell is he doing? Yo, <laughs> how long you been on TikTok? Maybe less than a, less than a month. For real? You been everyone, no, videos out? Yeah, no, no video I have is under fifty thousand. Like I have two, two over a million, a bunch of them over five hundred to eight hundred yeah. k, and then there's some of them stay at fifty. TikTok, TikTok is TikTok's a ticket right now. I really yeah. think. I mean, for people trying to push socials, because you can, you can link that Instagram, link your YouTube and stuff. And I don't know, something about, something about Instagram, I don't know, I think it's, it's had its time and it'll always have like a place, but TikTok would, right now. I wouldn't even say that. It's more because it's more the people's attention spans are shortening. And TikTok is 60 seconds to 15 second video. So quick scroll, let it look cool. All right, next video. And then yeah, you end up yeah. getting stuck on there because they're so quick and it keeps your, keeps your mind going. How, how long have you guys stuck on TikTok, to be honest? <sighs> Like longest time, oh my yeah. God. Like between between Mike and I, cause Mike is my best friend. Mike, who's the TV producer, I was talking about. Like yeah. he's the one that got me into it. I think we spent at least like five hours just looking at different sounds, different videos, just yeah. saving different videos. Like, I already do this next week. We'll do this tomorrow. Just planning out my week of what oh, I'm gonna do on TikTok. Isn't that crazy? I got the same thing stuff written down right in here. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do this Monday, Tuesday. I gotta film this video. I think this is the most planning I've ever done. Like I've never, I, I've never used a planner in like high school or middle school. Like this is the most I've written down of what I'm gonna do with my day. I'm, I, that's funny that you say that because I, I couldn't agree anymore. My whole life up until this point was just like 
I, I'm thinking. If I remember, I remember. <laughs> hey, what, what I, do? I just got up and like, I don't, like, I just did whatever. Like, if I remembered it, I remembered it. If not, I just, eventually I got to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hey, so the, the Adidas 64, I didn't know you played on the gauntlet. I just saw that on your Instagram. What's that? You played on the gauntlet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adidas 64. Were you Adidas the whole time? Uh, yeah, I was Adidas my junior year. No, my sophomore year to my junior year, and then I graduated. Then I went to Nike, obviously, because I was with UConn. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was with Adidas for a little while. I was with Adidas, Under Armour, then Nike. But, yeah, Adidas, the 64 was crazy. That was, that was, like, my breakout year playing in that tournament. Was that your junior year? Yeah. I was so killing everybody. Last year. Yeah. yeah. That was my last year. That was it. And I played Adidas for a little bit and then, then played Under Armour. Did you play on the EYBL or no? I didn't. We actually just left Nike when EYBL started getting, like, really good. Yeah, because it didn't pop off until not too long ago. Yeah. But, so then UConn, so you jump, uh, you jump, jump to UConn. What, uh, what went into that decision right there? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Mike and I just were talking about this the other day, too, about how I just, like, left him because he ended up going to uh, – why am I trying to blink? Wilbraham Munson. He went to Wilbraham Munson, and we were supposed to go together. He, Chris Dunn, and I were supposed to go there together as teammates. Okay. We all play AU together. And Mike and I went to a fair, and I was like, I got to go home. I got a family meeting, and this was about my decision for what I'm going to do with high school or college. Yeah. So he, dro he drops me off, and, like, three hours later, I call him and say, hey, bro, I'm actually committed. You kind of not coming to Wilbraham. <laughs> Mind really? you, he signed all his paperwork and everything, and like, he's, already, he's already going there. So he was stuck there by himself. Then Chris left and went to went to Providence. He ended up going back to he didn't go to Wilbraham either. So all but, three of you were supposed to go there. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. So my decision with UConn it was more of a family decision. We, there was no real thought process behind it because, like, where I come from is just a small, small, tight knit family. They didn't want me to leave and go yeah. too far and get a chance not to get a chance to see me. UConn's been watching me since forever. So Wait, I where, where are you from? Uh, I was born in Mount Vernon, New York, but lived in Connecticut. So I call Connecticut home. Connecticut's home to me. Is Mount Vernon part of like a New York that's not like the New York that people picture in their head? Is that like out, like out? Mount Vernon, money under Mount Vernon. Me, everybody know Mount Vernon. I don't know my. I don't know Mount Vernon. Where's Mount Vernon? Ask somebody. <laughs> All right, we got plenty. We got plenty of alumni from New York. Uh, they'll, yeah, they'll, tell you. They'll, they'll know. They'll be able to tell me. So but yeah, but definitely, definitely, Connecticut's home for me. Definitely, Connecticut's home for me. I call Connecticut home. Yeah, um, where's that prep at? Hmm? Where's that prep school at? Oh, What's St. Thomas More. Yeah, it's in uh, Montville, Connecticut. Oh, okay, okay. So all three of you were supposed to go there. Uh, no, the prep school he's talking about was in Massachusetts, where I actually went to a St. Thomas More. Got you, got you. And then UConn was a family, so you wanted to stay close to home. Yeah. But but you you go one and done. What was that freshman year like? I mean, coming in, uh, what did you have in your class and stuff? My freshman year was crazy, man. I mean, you, you're still in school now, so you can probably relate to a lot of this stuff, too. Yeah. Um, but actually, I was a walk-on at UConn. I didn't even get a scholarship. So that night, I decided to go. I'm going to tell you the story. So that night, I decided to go to UConn. I called Jim Calhoun. He doesn't answer me. So I guess he's on a family retreat in the woods, and he had no cell service. So I called Alex Oriaki, and I said, yo, and this is after the year they won. So I called Alex Oriaki. I said, yo, bro, where's coach at? I'm trying to sign. Like, I'm trying to come to school. So this dummy's so excited. He's screaming on the phone, jumping around, like everybody in the room, like excited, I'm coming, but doesn't tell the coach. So I end up finding, <laughs> I end up finding one of the assistants' numbers, and I say, hey, I'm trying to commit. So then we went through that whole process, and they're like, yo, we have no scholarships, you're going to have to pay. So I'm like, 
whatever, I'm going to go to the NBA anyway, so I'll invest in myself. So right. I made my mom take out a loan. We went to went that route. So I was a walk-on at UConn. So I ended up living in the honors dorm, which is like 20 minutes from the practice gym and away from everything. So I lived at the bottom of the hill at UConn and I had to walk to class every day. And then it got to the point where I was late to every late to every practice that, you know, they ended up finding a way to put me where the basketball players were. <laughs> <laughs> you were in an honors dorm, like with just like regular students, huh? Yeah, because uh, actually, I'm actually super bright. Like I graduated then at the top of my class too, so I ended up just joining that program just to get in to make sure I got a dorm and stuff like that. For real. So you were a Shippy. I still I still got a lot of friends in that building too, Shippy. <laughs> if y'all watching Shippy gang, you already know. <laughs> you might be the. Are you the only walk on one and done ever? I might be. I think I'm the only one. I'm thinking the only one and done at UConn in, ever in their history of school. See, we're not a big enough. We're not a big enough podcast yet. But someday, someday I'm gonna have a dude sit right there and like he's gonna look that up and, and confirm it or not. But right now, <laughs> right now we're just gonna confirm. You're the only only walk on one and done. So, <laughs> so being a one and done guy, though, all these kids nowadays, right? You're, you're seeing everything with the G League. Um, yes. There's, there's a whole list. I think. Uh, John, uh, Jersey kid just did it. Uh, Jonathan Munja, I might mess that name up, uh, but he just did it where he jumped. He's going that G League route. If that's available when you when you were coming up, is that something you're looking at? No. No, for no. sure. I mean, for me, for me looking at it now, if I had that opportunity back then, I probably wouldn't have done it just based on like growing up on anybody says like the D League. It's been looked down, looked down upon. Yeah. Right. So growing up, that's what, that's what it was to me. Like, damn, I don't want to do that. I never want to be a part of that. Yeah. But, like, now being in the NBA for almost nine years now and, like, actually seeing the process of the G League and what it does and how many players actually played in that and are actually stars in the NBA now, you know, I actually regret thinking like that. Because, like, those guys do work their ass off every day and they actually don't get enough credit that they do deserve. The developmental guys you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they don't get enough credit at all. And I think those guys work their ass off and damn near spend their whole lives waiting for a chance just to be called up to the NBA. And some of them don't even make it. So the respect I have for the G League now is, you know, is at an all-time high. You know, I definitely feel terrible that I felt that way as a kid. But that's just how I was – that's how it was told to me. Like, yo, you ne- bro, you should never go to the G League. Like, the D League, like, it's not a thing. Like, if you do that, you trash type thing. But that's just a step, it's just a stepping stone. And guys are making it really cool to be a part of that now. That's how, that's how I mean, America was for the longest time in the U.S., it was NBA or nothing. Or nothing. Or nothing. You know what I mean? And and overseas, you're looking at they got their top level teams, and, mm-hmm. every, and every club has like you know three or four teams, three or three or four like steps and levels and rungs. And I think you know all credit because growing up, I was the same way. You know, you were told ah D League, blah whatever, that ain't nothing. Anybody can play in the D League. Yeah, which is not true at all. I mean, you can get cooked in the in the G League. But a lot of the credit I think needs to go to 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 Silver and Stern. I think in the last couple, last absolutely couple, for 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 at least making an attempt to upgrade what they have going on down there. It's it's a lot. It's a lot more well run. Uh, guys are getting more of the respect that they deserve at that level. The pay is better. Uh, they up the minimum and and yeah they've because that was everybody's perspective on it. I feel like yeah, man, that's that's how it was looked at, and it's terrible to think like that for somebody who's on the outside looking and not really knowing. You know, you got to give these guys a real chance. I think they're really, really good basketball players that are fighting to get a real opportunity at the NBA. So, you know, hats off to them, and I respect the G League. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of really talented guys in there and and uh, in other leagues as well. But but to, but to touch on your point too about what how I feel about that about guys making that jump from college yeah to to the G League. I mean, it's a new it's a new day. It's a new era. Like the kids now are so advanced. It's like it's crazy to see like how skilled these kids are at this age. Like I can say now, like me me being the player I am now and watching how I was in high school and watching these kids now. I would have got cooked. Like, <laughs> like they would they would have killed me in high school. Like, it is it, it is crazy to see how athletic, fast, and you know, smart these kids are nowadays. So I don't think it's a bad idea to send them to the G League. Cause not only will it, you know, bring in some youth. You know, I think the competition is going to be crazy in there, where people are actually going to be like, damn, I actually want to join the G League earlier just so I can work on my game and then have a chance to make it. Right. And not only that, and you're getting paid too. Sure. They're skipping the college route. If you really don't, if you really are against going to college, like you don't want to do that, and you want to get to it early. I think, you know, what Adam Silver did is give these kids a chance to here you go, make some money. You think, uh, you think when you were in, when you were in high school, could you have uh, could you have guarded Darius Garland on a switch ball screen in high school? The way he is right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely not. Today, yes, but back then, no. Hell no. <laughs> he would have had a field day with me. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a bad dude. DG's my guy. I love, love him and grew up uh, playing in plenty of different camps with him. But, yeah, not fun. Not fun when you're across from him. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Is he the shiftiest dude? Who's the shiftiest dude in the league right now? You know what? I think right now being on his team and watching him live, like even in practice and just playing, playing in the game with him, like, he is so jerky. It, like he really can make people fall if he made the made, like, really tried to. Yeah. But he's he's smart. He's a, he's a smart ass basketball player, man. Like I love watching him play. Like when he really gets it and like the game is like embedded in his head, like how to play as an NBA point guard, he's he's gonna be disgusting despite his height. He still can finish over people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's athletic enough, but more importantly, he's crafty enough. You know, he, he uses his weight. He gets into people, and he's so damn fast. I mean, not yeah. only is he shifty, but he's so fast. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm excited to watch him, him grow and stuff. Has that been something now that you've transitioned to coming in, now being more of a, you know, you're a vet now? Do you take a lot of guys like him and, you know, get closer to dudes that want to, you know, excel? Yeah, well? like him, Kevin Porter, you know, uh, D-Wade. Um, even all, all the young guys, all, all the young guys, you know, I try to take them under my wing. Right? Yeah, all the young guys, I mean, they're they're all so talented, too, and they work hard as well, too. So it makes it fun for me to, to step in and just, you know, shed some light for them. Right. Yeah, you guys are you guys are young. What's the next step for Cleveland right now where you're at in terms of being a, you know, a playoff contending team in the next few years in your mind? Yeah, so, you know, my goal for the team now is – for us to build a commodity, obviously, we have a new coaching, a new coach now, not coaching staff, a new coach, you know, JB being the head coach now. Um, we got to learn his system, learn his defensive schemes offensively, you know, how he wants us to play. Yeah. And once we figure, figure out the chemistry on that end, I think we'll be fine. I think we have the young players and the nitty-gritty guys to come off the bench as well, too, to you know, propel us to be a contending team. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, you guys, with your youth alone, I mean, some of it is just – I'm assuming just time, but you guys are going to probably make some moves here in the next few years and, and I mean, be definitely contenders in the East. So excited to watch that. Now, talking about making moves and stuff, uh, I'm sure you've been asked a billion times on a billion different places about your move from De Detroit to 
Cleveland. And, you know, I, I watched a few things earlier this morning and talked about hearing about it and being like, I mean, I'd scratch my head at it too, just like everybody else. So talk to me about, you know, what that kind of taught you. I mean, obviously you have crazy love for the city of, of Detroit. You still, I mean, help out in that city and do different things. Talk to me about Detroit and everything that's, that, that it meant for you. That process, that process uh, leaving Detroit was definitely a sad one. It felt like, like a love story that was ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, to put it, put it in, in retrospect for you, just being there. I grew up in Detroit damn near my teens into my early 20s being there, being there from 18 to 26. I was there till yeah. And just how everything just worked out over there. They gave me a chance. I was able to be the face of the team. I've been to the playoffs twice with them. I've been an all-star there, all-NBA. So, so many memories that, you know, are being left behind there. It's definitely was a sad day for me. That's all that was running through my head at that time. I was like, damn, like, all this work I did here is just finished. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like it was, a whole new chapter, huh? Yeah, so so turning turn the leaf, you know, to go on a brighter note, um, I know hard film for Detroit. Know, you know, I love Dwayne Casey, love Tom Gores, love all those guys over there in Detroit, the front yeah. office. Um, you know, it had to happen, you know, one way or another. It was going to come to an end at some point in time, and, you know, it sucks to happen like that. Um, but coming to Cleveland, you know, it definitely was a, a new leaf for me turning over. And starting over, I felt like I was starting fresh. So not only was I, you know, upset about the situation, I was more relieved, like, okay, one chapter is done now. Here's the new chapter for me. Like, how am I going to handle this situation? And when I came in, my mindset was just all positivity. You know, I love being here. Cleveland did a great job of helping me get adjusted and acclimated to the city. The fan base is outstanding here. Uh, they make me feel very wanted, so I love being here. The team is great. We have young guys that are willing to play and willing to work and find ways to become great. Um, the staff, you know, I can talk about them all day, too. Guys that I've, you know, played against, had them coach against me into, you know, being in the same court as them now. So it was just all love the moment I got here. So I'm looking forward to building something really big here. Yeah, no, no doubt. You still, uh, you're still involved in in Detroit in a couple of different ways, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. I still have, you know, my foundations out there. I still do stuff with the Special Olympics out there. Uh, give back to the city as well, too. So the love I have for Detroit is not going to end. I'm still going to do things. You know, Tom Gores and I will still find ways to give back to the city and, you know, keep the relationship going. Yeah, I mean, dude, I had respect for you well before we started pressing record today. But hearing about – tell me a little bit about the Special Olympics where you – kind of got involved in that. Cause for me growing up, uh, my grandfather um, was huge on that. He always wanted yeah. me, I mean, volunteer here, you know, he would set it up, bring me. And that was just something we always kind of, uh, you know, cherished for, for my family. So hearing that is, is crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. So my second year, actually, no, my first year. So I had a stress fracture on my back and I was, I was supposed to be in a rookie sophomore game, obviously, and I couldn't play. So my agency set up a couple of appearances for me just to keep me engaged, just to stay around. And the Special Olympics basketball game, All-Star game, was one of the things that I was a part of, and I was the head coach. Right. And I'll never forget this day when I walked in. The, I, didn't know, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know much about it. I've heard Special Olympics before, but I didn't know what it was really about. And when I stepped on the court and I seen these kids and how excited they were to see me, 
and just the joy it brought me. I went all out that game. I put on a mustache, a hat, and everything. Like, I was the whole different person for the game. I wasn't even Andre Drummond for the game. My name was Reggie. I remember to this day, I changed, <laughs> I changed my name to Reggie, and they was calling me Coach Reggie, like, throughout the game. And, like, just to see the joy they had and how much fun they were having, I stepped on the court, shot a couple shots with them, too. And the relationship built from there. And the next year, they had me come back again and do the same thing. And, you know, obviously the, the relationship was so big and they loved me so much that they, they were like, hey, we would love for you to be the global ambassador for Special Olympics. So you're a global ambassador for Special Olympics? Yeah, so that's kind of when I started going hard for them and started really pushing, you know, the equality. And, you know, from there on out, it's just been great for me. I actually just became the ambassador for, for Best Buddies now, too. And they're actually tied together right now. Are they? Yeah, they're starting to work hand in hand. It's, it, I wasn't supposed to tell you that, but it's about to happen soon. You guys uh, can edit that shit later, but yeah, we can <laughs> but yeah, they're about they're about to come together. So now now I'm a part of their their stuff too. So it's just been a wild ride just meeting these kids and then seeing them at different appearances and them remembering who I am and like remembering the times we had. So the stuff that I do for them is like a long life, long lasting memory for them, and it it just warms my heart to be a part of that. It it, it switches for me. I don't know about you, but it, it switches that perspective real quick. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You can have you can have whatever going on in your life. I mean, I've went through you know good seasons and bad seasons already in college, uh, and and there's a place up here, um, Stepping Stones in Morgantown that I you know try to volunteer at, mm -hmm. on, you know shoot with them. And actually, more recently, I was just I was going to get a workout in um, up at like a YMCA around here that I need to work out. And there was this uh, there was this kid. Um, in there, his name was Keenan. I put him on my uh, Instagram story, and he's telling me Steph, Steph Curry's his favorite player, and all this. And we shooting for like an hour. And I remember because this whole this whole summer has been dedicated to. I had specific things on my shot I needed to fix. I want to reroute this and that. And I was yeah. so frustrated. Like I don't know if you ever went through a time where you kind of lose, you know, that love a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I know the feeling. I can tell you a story. <laughs> well, no, Keenan, you hit on that when we're done because Keenan, I sat there and shot with him for an hour. Uh, and my grandfather had just passed away probably, you know, less than a year ago. Something weird about it, bro. I was in the gym and Keenan comes up to me and, you know, uh, I believe he had Down syndrome. He was talking to me um, and we were shooting and it was the weirdest thing. And all of a sudden I'm like, dude, why am I so pissed off at everything? I'm so irritated and all this. Yeah. I play basketball for a living and I showed him some videos, you know, me playing against Steph Curry. He went crazy. He was going nuts. And it was just me, me and him in the gym, man. But it, it changes that perspective real fast. That's dope, man. No, that's really, really dope. You know, for me, this, I love those kids, man. They're, they're, it's amazing. And there's, there's this one girl, uh, her name is Natalie. Super, super beautiful girl. She, she's a part of Special Olympics. Every time she sees it, she really jumps on me. I think it's a picture on my page. You can probably find it in uh, yeah, your clip. But yeah, every time she, she jumps on me, and it's, it's, it's such a warm feeling just having these kids, you know, respect me so much for, you know, being there for them and always being there for them. Yeah, yeah, they could, they could, they could care less, you know, that you're in the NBA, but the fact that you're there spending time and, and you know, having fun, they have so much fun at those events. Oh, my, they love it. It's like oh the best day of their life every time they're there, and they remember it every time. Yeah, man. No, that, that's definitely something down the road. Special Olympics is a place that I definitely try to venture into and, and help out because that, that's the best stuff in the world. But, all right, hey, we just got real serious. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that needed to happen because 
I had no idea. I was looking you up and, and some of your stuff that you don't see on the surface. And I knew you had some foundations that yeah. back into, into Detroit. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about here. Let's use these last few minutes to talk about some uh, more lighthearted stuff. You touched on it early and you said you were a DJ before pretty anything. When, when did that start? Cause you were big into music and I yeah. had questions with all that too, but tell me about the story. So- so there, so every summer, so like being an NBA player, like all you do is think, sleep, and breathe basketball for those nine to ten months you're playing basketball. Yep. So after like my third year in the NBA, I'm like, yo, I need something to do with myself in the summertime. So I was like, all right, I'm going to call all my summers challenge summers. I'm going to teach myself something new every summer. And I've done that ever since then. So from 2014 to present day, I do something new every summer and teach my and try to master it. So that summer was to learn how to DJ. So... I bought all the equipment, started YouTube and videos. I started meeting different DJs. They taught me different tricks, and I ended up mastering how to DJ. I DJed in London, Denmark, uh, Miami, L.A., New York, Detroit. I was just about to ask, like, have you ever done, like, you ever yeah. done, like, a show? And I didn't expect all that, but all yeah. right. I've done, I've done shows in so many places, so it's been, it's been wild. And then after that, after that summer, I got to a point where I was so tired of playing other people's music. I was like, damn, I like the reaction of like me playing some other music, but I want the reaction of them singing my lyrics. Yeah. Okay. And that's when the whole making music process started becoming. I started like drifting away from that. So that was my next summer project. So 2015 is when I was like, all right, I'm gonna learn how to I'm gonna learn how to rap. So I started doing that. I started freestyling, started placing words together, seeing if I can, you know, really make some stuff happen. Yeah. And it, it was terrible in the beginning, really bad, really, really bad. I'm still getting, I'm still getting better to this day. It was really bad. Like I have my first song that I ever did in my phone. I li- always go back to and listen and listen to the stuff I do now. I'm like, damn, I came a long way. Right. So that summer was just learning how to do that. And then that was kind of my project for like the next couple of summers after. Like I still did little projects in between, like right. taught myself like finance and stuff, like how to learn what read and read and uh, buy stocks and bonds and stuff like that too the right. summer before. Um, but yeah, so that's been my project ever since to like master the music archive. I feel like I haven't mastered it yet. So like that's where I'm at now. Like still trying to get to that. I actually dropped my fr- I dropped my first project in 2018, and I'm work and I'm done with my project now. Putting it on my birthday on August 10th. Oh, so your birthday! You're dropping it. Yeah, so I drop I drop all my project on my birthday. Oh, I love it! I love so it. This one, this one is this one is is crazy. It's like actually a four part album. Really. Yes, I'm doing different genres of music. So I have like house music, I have R&B, I have bangers, I have party stuff, I have all kinds of stuff on there. So the EDM thing came from Mike. He made me start doing it. I actually loved it. So I kept going with this. I did a couple of songs like that. I actually have a song with him too. So look out for that. Oh, definitely. So it's like it's multiple genres in a single album? No, there's, I, split them, I split them in four. You got four different albums? Yeah, and they're all... I think what was it? What I say like twenty each? Like yes, yeah, twenty each on each project. Twenty each on each size. Yeah. Twenty, forty, sixty. Damn. <laughs> oh my goodness! So this drops when? When again? Plug that. August tenth. I'm putting the first one out on the tenth, then I'll put the next one out maybe like three or four weeks later, then so on and so forth. So okay, so you. you so the first one. The first one is gonna be like all the the club banger stuff on my birthday. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna release everything else little by little after that. You come out swinging, but you got stockpiled for the next, you know, couple months. Yes, I'll be fine. No, that's dope. That's dope. So you, uh, I saw you, did you meet, 
Jody High Roller? Were you around him, Riff Raff? Yeah. So, oh, you saw talking about the song we had together. Yeah, I saw the yeah. song you had together, but I didn't know if you actually were around this man. Cause this yeah, so he, he's, he is just as crazy as you think he is. Okay, so he's <laughs> right? That is, that is not a facade. That is not an act. He is just as wild as you think he is. Um, he's great dude, man. I, I love, man, Jody, dope dude. Jody dude. Riff, is, Riff is a really, real good dude. I met Riff at a house party, like, in 2016 when I first started making music. Yeah. And, you know, we kept the relationship going. And then 2018, that summer, when I That's put up... That's in L.A., right? Or Miami. Yeah, we met in L.A. L.A., okay. We met in L.A. Because uh, his, his security guard was somebody who used to do vines with uh, Big Kane, Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we used to do vines together, but he, like, stopped doing that, became his security guard. So then he brought me over to the house, and that's how we connected. So 2018, the summer I dropped my first project, I ran into him again at a bar, and he's like, yo, uh, you know, how you doing? Like, I'm good, I'm good. He's like, yo, I'm working on my project right now. Like, do you want to get on it? I'm like, damn. I don't know if I'm that good, but shit, I'll try. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. So I put, I put mad effort into, into the verse. Like, the verse is maybe, like, 22 seconds. I put so much work into that verse. I'm like, damn, I got to perfect this. I got to do this right. I changed it maybe, like, 20 times, like, different words on it. Like, if you, heard, if you hear it, like, I, I love it now. But anyways... So we record the song in the end of August and mix and match for everything. So I'm thinking the song's coming out the next couple of months. I'm like, yo, bro, when's the song coming out? I'm looking, for, looking out for it. He's like, yeah, I'm dropping it soon. I'm dropping it soon. I'm like, all right, cool. A year goes by. We're in 2019 now. Beginning of the year, I'm like, yo, bro, what's, you know, we're still talking in between, but I'll say it periodically. Yo, bro, when we dropping the project, when we dropping the song, he's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. We're doing it soon. 2020 comes. <laughs> It's three years later now. So that song was done in 2018. 2017? 18. 18. 18, 2018, we did that song. And so he calls me. He FaceTimes me, actually. He's like, yo, I'm about to put the song up. I said, Riff, what the f***? I said, it's good, bro. I said, it's three years later. I, was like, I almost forgot about We actually did two songs together. I forgot. And he's been holding on to them. I said, yo, bro, I was like, what's, huh? He's just holding on to them? He's just holding on to them. So for people that, like, hear music, like, don't think that happens all that year. Like, they, they probably recorded that years ago, and they're just now putting it out. That, that's crazy. I never knew all that. That's so why. To get, so to get back to where I was saying, so, like, so the song, so he's like, all right, I'm about to put it out. So are you serious this time, or are you, you joking around? So he's like, no, no, I'm serious. I'm going to tie you in a group chat with me and all, all my guys so we make sure we're good. So then yeah. we do it like that. So he finally puts the project out, and now the song's out. No, it's dope. Yeah, so that song was done in 2018. That's wild. That's what I can't imagine what Riff Raff is like in a in a house party though. If that's the first place you met him, uh, he actually was chilling that day. Really? Yeah, he was actually chilling that day. I think I came. I think I came on one of his off nights. I don't think I. I would have guessed he didn't have. But in, the, in the studio, he's very very funny. Is he funny? He's super funny in the studio. Like he'll like say random like punchlines that make no sense, just to, like get himself going, and then he'll yeah. start rapping. He's just goofy, huh? Yeah, super goofy, fun heart, lighthearted guy, man. He's a really, really good guy. Oh, dude, that's dope. I, I, I was watching that and I saw it on the on your page. I'm like, I gotta ask if Riff Raff is actually like that. Or yes, he is. Kind of puts on on a on a facade. That's wild. So now we are gonna play the game to wrap up NBA rap game. There's a lot of current NBA players uh, who have dabbled in rap. Uh, so I'm going to give you two names, and you got to tell me who's better or who wins in a, in a battle, whatever you want to do. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Number one, <laughs> Shaq or Ron Artest? Shaq. Easy? Yeah, easy, Shaq. <laughs> All right. 
Shaq has a song with Biggie. Like, there's, there's no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're certified after that. Yeah, you're done. And he's, and he's platinum. Like. Okay, okay. So that's an easy one. I, I wanted to lob the first one. Number two, <laughs> Marvin Bagley or Aaron Gordon. Marvin Bagley. I didn't know Aaron Gordon rap. Then he, he put out, he put out the uh, nine out of ten song. Okay, okay. He's uh, good. Though. He's good. He has some good music. Yeah. Has some good music. I, I listen to both their music, but I know Marvin personally, and his music is. Good dude. Yeah, yeah, he can rap for sure. Number three, Iman Shumpert or Lance Stevenson? Iman Shumpert. Iman Shumpert. Yeah, the, <laughs> the last, last three have been pretty much lobs. Uh, <laughs> number four, I like this one. Uh, KD or LeBron? They both had their little little stint. I don't know, man. That's a hard one. I feel like they both rap the same. Like, they got the old man bars. <laughs> they're down in the bubble right now like all right bet we're gonna really yeah, I, don't, I don't know I, can, we, can we say that's a tie we can say that's a tie we can say that's a tie number five gary payton or tony parker gary payton made music tony parker oh shit he did you know he definitely hell they tony parker, tony parker. <laughs> <laughs> wait did tony parker do like a french like r&b album that's no yes yes I know, yes. knowing Tony Parker, I know he was serenading whoever he was singing to. Oh my goodness, bro! Yo, I don't know. I just had a flashback of me watching his music video. He had this big ass fluorescent white shirt. <laughs> Yo, I gotta go watch. That's what I'm doing after we get off. Oh my goodness! Yeah, definitely, definitely Tony Parker for that one. <laughs> All right, Tony Parker takes it. Number six, Lou Williams or Javale McGee? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Wow. Damn. They both tough. They both really good. We'll, we'll say a tie for that one, too. Tie for that one. Okay, okay. I like them both. I like them both. Uh, Allen Iverson or uh, Kobe Bean Bryant? Rest in peace. Ooh, that's a definitely good one. Smarter they both, they both got, like, one one really good song. Yep. We're going to tie that up, too. But I, we're going to tie that one up, too. Drake came in here. I'm making my own rules. We're going to tie a lot of them. Number eight, this is my favorite one. Everybody knew it was coming. Lonzo Ball or Dame Lillard? You can't tie this one. I'm not letting you. I don't care. You can't tie it. Because I would tie can I, can, I, can I explain myself, though? Sure. Why it would be a tie? So the reason, the reason why I say it would be a tie is because Dame Lillard is nothing but pure bars and like yeah. lifestyle, like his life, everything he does, and has like really, really solid car ride music. Right. I feel like Lonzo has more of like the up tempo of today's current music. Right. And they're both super talented, but if we're gonna go with, you know, bars and stuff, Dame Lillard 100%. All right, there it is. He takes Dame Lillard on the bars. All right, everybody, that was the NBA rap game with Andre Drummond. Uh, he killed it for us. Appreciate you jumping on, Dre. My bro, appreciate it. All right, let's stay in touch, brother. Good luck uh, coming up this season. Tell DGS I went up. Yes, sir. All right, we'll talk soon, brother.